Hey everyone, this is Mike DeBliss. Uh, this is part two of the top 12 reasons why new businesses fail. Uh, before I begin with number six, I just wanted to clarify something. In part one of the podcast, I left out one of the uh, reasons for why new businesses fail, and um, it was actually significant market changes. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tick them off uh, from the beginning once again, and uh, then we'll pick up on number six and go all the way to 12. The first was lack of business planning. The second was lack of knowledge. The third was lack of product service differentiation. The fourth was poor management and operations. The fifth was not knowing what customers need. The sixth was lack of access to capital. The seventh was lack of an exit strategy, which we'll uh, get into a robust discussion about. The eight, eighth is the wrong partner. Nine is no online presence, believe it or not. Ten is no marketing and PR. Eleven is significant market changes. And twelve is lack of concern about cybersecurity. So let's waste no time in picking up on number six lack of access to capital. I think uh, we can all recognize that starting a business gives rise to the need to raise capital. And when I talk about capital here, I'm referring not only to um, your own money, but also to someone else's money. I mean, if you think about it from a very logical perspective, without capital, you can't pay your bills, um, you can't get a loan, um, and it's difficult to obtain other financial commitments and secure other financial commitments as well. You have to be liquid. You have to have the necessary capital. Therefore, lack of access to capital and an inability to attract investors will affect your ability to grow or scale the business. Many new businesses fail because they lack profitability. And for that reason, um, it's not uncommon for small businesses to try to um, seek a, an investor and to try and woo um, an investor um, to come in uh, to come in and make a sizable investment to kickstart the operation. I mean, we see Shark Tank. Um, everybody uh, loves to watch that show, and you see the business owners making their pitch. Uh, what's important to recognize here when it comes to raising capital. Um, there's a recent statistic that shows that of the disproportionate number of companies that fail, a majority of those companies that fail were those that actually had investors. Um, uh, strikingly, uh, strikingly so, a smaller percentage of the businesses that fail were ones where the owner put out the money or the owners put out the money themselves. So um, I'm wondering here if there is a trend uh, whereby um, you know the seeking investors and seeking capital um, almost uh, dooms a small business to failure, whereas if you and your um, and and your partners merely put in your own money, you might be better off. 
um, but I'm sure that the economists, um, you know, have a more scientific way of analyzing that. But uh, you know, needless to say, that's uh, the statistic that's out there. So many new businesses fail because they lack profitability. They run out of money, fail to raise the right kind of funding at the right time and at the right valuation, underestimate the amount of financing required, or underestimate the cost of borrowing money. Running out of cash can usually be traced back to the very beginning. Um, and by the beginning, I'm referring to the stage where you were planning your new business and um, beginning to launch it. Financing for your new business may come in any or a combination of family and friends, other partners, angel investors, venture, venture capital, or private equity funds. Hedge funds, uh, these days um, equity crowdfunding, um, there's business loans, there's tax credits. Um, in the film industry, the, um, the uh, state of New York has some very favorable film tax credits for, um, for filmmakers that are looking to produce films in New York. Um, there's also parts um, of New Jersey as well that were offering film tax credits until the public caught wind of it and realized um, how uh, favorable those credits were. That happened during the Christie administration, if I remember correctly. How you raise capital and any tax consequences for your business depends on a multitude of factors, including the amount of money being raised and your type of business entity. All security transactions, and when I talk about security transactions here, I'm talking about the um, allocation of shares if it's a corporation, um, as well as um, security transactions um, in other realms as well. They're subject to the anti-fraud provisions of state and federal securities laws and laws governing the advertising of securities or offering to the public. I cannot um, state, I cannot state uh, strongly enough that it is critical to engage the services of a legal and tax professional if you are administering shares um, and if you are dealing with securities, if you are looking to uh, give out uh, promissory notes in exchange for, in, uh, in exchange for uh, cash from um, third-party investors, you have to comply with state and federal securities laws. And again, there are two layers here. It's not just the feds, it's also the state. And failure to comply with these very strict federal and state securities laws has dire consequences. Consequences that could result in a referral to uh, the Attorney General's office for prosecution. So it's, um, it's very critical that you consult with legal and tax professional if you have any um, interest in uh, getting involved with securities. And again, securities is not just limited to, um, to selling stock. It also uh, includes promissory notes, any type of arrangement with a third party whereby that party is 
um, giving you your business money in exchange for some type of um, some in, in return for some type of um, in return for some type of increase in their investment. Um, so in turn, in, in, in turn for some type of um, you know uh, uh, growth on the principal uh, that they've made. Always consult the lawyer if you plan to raise capital, and if you operate or plan to incorporate or organize your business as a corporation, LLC, or partnership, the same applies. Formulating, structuring, and implementing an effective capital raising plan, including the professional presentation of disclosure documents, is vital to kickstarting the fundraising process. And when you do that, again, you cannot overlook the importance of ensuring compliance with state and federal regulators. Uh, this not only keeps you safe, but it also improves buyer confidence and uh, meets investor expectations. And so I say this not to scare you, but just um, you know, as a word of caution. So again, I'm not trying to be the boy that called wolf, that cried wolf here. I just want you to know up front that whenever you're dealing with raising capital, and um, you know, you always want to consult with the professionals. Moving on to number seven, uh, the seven. Uh, the, we're now in uh, continuing with our list of reasons why new businesses fail. Lack of exit strategy. So most new business owners don't have a planned exit strategy. While they're focused on growing their business, the last thing on their minds is how to end it. However, waiting until you need to retire or when you receive an unsolicited offer or where you have to sell because of insolvency or bankruptcy can result in the business being sold in a fire sale. And that's not something that you want to have happen, especially when you put your blood, sweat, and tears into building this baby of yours and that has been your, um, you know, your uh, life for a, an extended period of time. The last thing you want to be forced to do is sell it at a fire sale. In addition, if you're looking to raise capital, um, investors, especially venture capitalists, usually insist that a carefully planned exit strategy is included in a business plan before committing any capital. Another important reason to have an exit strategy for a business that is solvent is um, something called risk mitigation, which I'm going to get into in a future podcast. But let me now back up because I promised a robust discussion of exit strategy. So what the heck is an exit strategy in the first place? It's a contingency plan to terminate or end a business in a way and at a time that will maximize benefit or limit losses. I want to stress those two terms once again. It is a contingency plan to end a business in a way and at a time that will A, maximize benefit, or B, limit losses. In other words, the business ends when you want it to end at a time that is most beneficial to you financially. So on your terms, 
The business owner should plan to sell the business at a profit or liquidate the company when the return on investment is no longer attractive. Without a planned exit strategy, an owner may forget to make decisions that will ensure the saleability of the company and or realize that the company is approaching the um, optimum time to exit. I realized that the uh, exit strategy is almost analogous to drafting a will when you're in your, um, you know, when you're under 50 or, um, you know, even uh, younger. That is the last thing that's on your mind. You're not thinking about an exit strategy. You're not thinking about ending the business. As a matter of fact, it might be a family business that you want to uh, perpetuate into future generations that you want to be able to hand down to your kids and have your kids hand down to their kids. And so the last thing on your mind is the exit strategy. But what I'm trying to do here is uh, get you to rethink this and to begin thinking in terms of an exit strategy up front. While it's not something that is primary when you're doing your business plan and you're um, you know, developing the business, it should be something that's still on your checklist. You don't want to overlook it outright because again, that could lead to the, the parade of horribles happening that I just explained where the company, God forbid, gets sold at a fire sale. Uh, we don't want that to happen. We want to be able to um, exit, exit on our terms. And exit on our terms might be not to exit while you are still alive and breathing and, um, and essentially make the company available uh, for future generations. But nonetheless, you should still prepare for the unforeseeable. And what do I mean by the unforeseeable? Well, I mentioned some of those uh, before. I mentioned insolvency, bankruptcy. When you go into a new business, um, it's obvious that you don't know what's going to happen. The company may flourish and um, grow beyond your wildest expectations, or the company may fall flat on its face, and it may cost more money to keep the company um, operating than it does to shut the doors of the company and close down. And so if you wind up shop, you want to be able to have an exit strategy uh, formatted up front so you know what to do. You don't want to be forced into a fire sale of any kind. So what are the most popular kinds of exit strategies? They're IPOs, an initial public offering, a merger and acquisition, and uh, closing, voluntary liquidation. Moving on to number eight. This is the eighth reason why new businesses fail, the wrong partner. Having the wrong business partner is, um, <laughs> uh, it sounds crass, but it's almost like um, having the wrong spouse in a way. And I say that, you know, not to be disrespectful or, um, you know, or, um, you know, or, or, uh, um, or crass in any way, but at the end of the day, when partners argue, disagree, and undermine each other, relationships deteriorate and the business uh, ultimately fails. It's usually not a matter of if, but when. 
it can be as painful and as emotional as going through a bitter divorce. Um, and so this is why it's so important to really make sure that you know your partner uh, or your partner as well and uh, well enough to know whether you can uh, be in business with them. There are those that are very close friends. We've all heard the stories of uh, two or more people that were best friends and decided to form a company only to um, dissolve the company after a bitter dispute um, that got so emotional that the owners um, you know, no longer are friendly and as a matter of fact are um, are uh, and, and as a matter of fact are so uh, bitter against one another that the acrimony has caused them to um, be estranged from one another. According to, st to, to statistics, 65% of businesses fail because of problems within the management team. So this isn't something that I'm just getting out of thin air. Constant conflict can outright destroy a team's morale. Just as recruitment of high-level talent is vital to a successful business, so too is having the right partner. Uh, you can leave your day-to-day -day operations to the right partner while the remaining founders are silent partners and investors. There's a lot of flexibility that you have when it comes to drafting your partnership agreement and your articles of incorporation. And these are certain things that you can actually uh, customize for your business. Addressing these issues at the beginning can leave you room to focus on running a successful business. The founders can also reach agreement on terms that help create trust and stability in the new business. They can create written agreements and other arrangements such as a shareholder agreement or operating agreement and service agreement. These agreements spell out the understanding that the founders have and establish the financial and managerial rights and duties of the founders. They also uh, delve into the rules governing the internal operations of the business and uh, get into financial issues such as equity um, issues. When I talk about equity, I'm referring here to stock options, stock purchase plans, and employee stock ownership plans. Moving on to number nine, um, it's no online presence. Uh, believe it or not, there are still some companies that are in the Stone Age uh, where they do, don't even have a web presence, uh, not to mention a social media presence. And these are reasons why these uh, companies often fail. Marketing your business, it goes without saying, is an important part of attracting new customers and selling your product or service. Having a website, a social media presence, good SEO, and great content allows you to tell potential customers who you are and what your business is about. Um, the social media uh, scene today, uh, from Instagram to Facebook to LinkedIn uh, to Twitter to Pinterest, these um, social media devices can all be used to drive new customers to your website. And the best part of it all is that they're free. Um, I realize that these days um, Facebook it has resorted to um, has resorted to Facebook um, 
has resorted to uh, basically charging its users for um, the number of views that it gets, and that um, there is, uh, you know, uh, there is an investment in capital that has to be put out for, um, you know, promoting and disseminating different posts that you're posting on Facebook. But the great part about it, about Facebook, is that it's very strategic, and that you get to um, target the, your market um, to a, to a, to the granular level, meaning to the exact demographics that you're looking to target. And at the end of the day, um, you know, the cost um, per a viewer is the lowest it um, you know is, is at an all-time low and is only going to increase as the years go on and the bigger companies begin to harness the power of Facebook to promote their products. So now is the time for uh, Facebook advertising to the extent that it could be a good marketing tool for your company to drive traffic to your site and to promote awareness of your product. To be able to engage current and potential customers in a digital age, you of course want to have a mobile-friendly website. The good news is that most WordPress websites these days are mobile-friendly. Statistics show that more than 50% of web searches are completed on mobile devices. Despite the cost, if you want to have a successful business, there is hands down no substitute for having the uh, the bare minimum um, uh, from you know what by mere minimum I mean including a website SEO and social media as part of your larger marketing plan the tenth reason why new businesses fail no marketing and public relations businesses that lack the marketing budgets to try new advertising and marketing strategies often fall behind the competition and run into financial failure Marketing should create awareness for your product or service. Every business, to some extent, requires marketing. Um, I can't forget here the words of uh, Gary Vaynerchuk when he talks about how it's so critical to have the consumer's attention. So even before you can talk about crafting your message and um, and, uh, and, and designing a message that you think is going to resonate with your target market, you have to have the attention of the audience. And, by, and the way you attract the attention of the audience is by getting as many eyeballs on your product or service as possible. Um, and so the goodwill that you generate by creating content and by um, putting out um, valuable content online and in social media comes back to you in spades. Um, it's a very time-consuming process. It's one that requires a lot of pick and shovel work and that is long-term, but the impact that you can have on, um, you know, on growing your audience and on currying good favor amongst, per, amongst prospective customers is, is staggeringly high. Um, but again, it's uh, not for those who are impatient and for those who are looking for a quick, uh, or who are looking to make a quick buck. Um, I, I can only assume that if you are starting a small business and you're even listening to this podcast that 
you are going that you want to do things the right way and that you are prepared to build your business for the long term and not for the short term and uh, recognizing this you uh, realize of course that nothing is going to happen overnight and that the growth of the company is going to take time and it's no different when it comes to marketing and promoting using uh, content online in uh, social media or on your website significant market changes is number 11 on the list of the top 12 reasons why new businesses fail market changes often affect revenue uh, bookstores, for example, music stores, record labels, movie theaters, home video distributors, printing businesses, um, and many others that have gone the way of the dinosaur are dealing with changes in technology or have dealt with changes in technology, consumer demand, and competition from, uh, from the internet and from other companies with more buying power and advertising dollars. The latest uh, company to go um, to announce that it will be closing its doors is Toys R Us. Uh, I mean, about a year ago, I think that most people, if they were to be told that Toys R Us would be closing its uh, or folding up its tent a year from now, would be awestruck and um, you know, and just in a state of disbelief. Toys R Us is a brick and mortar company that has been in existence since time immemorial. I can remember shopping at those stores um, as you know a young toddler and uh, filling up the basket with all sorts of uh, toys um, you know that I'd want right around the holidays and for my birthday. Um, and yet uh, Toys R Us, which has been a staple in our society, is um, closing all of its stores. And then you have uh, these other companies like Blockbuster Video, uh, which several years ago um, basically lost the uh, competition to online um, providers of movies, uh, the Netflixes of the world, and um, other big uh, companies, uh, Hulu. Um, you know, and so you have to constantly reinvent yourself and you have to constantly evolve with the times. Kodak is yet another company. They were innovative in their, um, in their uh, inventing of the Kodak digital camera. And, um, you know, they went the way of the dinosaur and, um, you know, are no longer in business. Uh, movie theaters these days might be the next uh, casualty in this, um, in this increasingly competitive consumer age uh, where everybody is consuming movies online and streaming them at home. Um, and so movies now have had to, movie theaters have now had to think outside of the box. I recently read an article that talks about how uh, various movie theaters are trying to entice um, moviegoers to come back to the movies in uh, you know in uh, in higher numbers by selling monthly packages for an unlimited or for a preset number of uh, viewings at a reduced rate so uh, you know instead of paying for entrance to a movie on a piecemeal basis the consumer basically pays um, I don't know, a fee of 20 or $25 and is allowed access to up to, um, you know, five uh, movies uh, for a month. 
And the idea is to sell that as a year-long package or a month-to-month package with the idea that people are going to um, not um, you know, go to the movies all five times every month um, so that the risk that the movie theaters will be packed or that, um, that people will have to wait for the next performance uh, will be um, very small or minuscule. Uh, so again, this is about companies reinventing themselves so that they don't uh, go out of business. And you know, staying in touch with the times and uh, foreshadowing what competition will be like from um, other companies and from other industries with more buying power in later years is critical. Finally, um, the t- the 12th reason why new businesses fail is lack of concern about cybersecurity. New business owners often fail to take cybersecurity threats as seriously as they should. So even with limited resources, a new business should not overlook the persistent threat to their cyber defenses when they are in the planning stage. They should address them point on. And what I mean here is that you don't have to hire a cybersecurity expert, but at the very least, you should regularly back up data and have written policies in place to respond to a data breach, including guidelines regarding privacy and data security in connection with the use of emails and digital media platforms. Again, this is the bare minimum. So we're going to end there on the uh, part two of top 12 reasons why new businesses fail. If you have any questions, feel free to give me a holler. You can email me at mjdebliss at theblisslaw.com. My door is always open and I'm always willing to chat with anybody about any issues that arise uh, with regards to their new business.